Wasn't Naomi's documentary so good? Josephina, of course it was. So it inspired me. What if we scrap the tennis podcasters thing and become film critics? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Travia and Josephina. Josephina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravya and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Okay, so today is July 22nd. It's not a huge day, but... um. Yeah, we're back with another episode, episode 68, and we are doing our Olympics draw preview. So the Olympics are a pretty big deal, no matter how much little the um, tennis Tennis. world is paying attention to it. (laughs) But so we're here to cover it no matter what. And um, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. I I also like don't think we've like fully registered how big of a deal it is that this is like, you know, our first time quote unquote covering the Olympics and the podcast. Like we're not gonna get to do this for another four years. Or well three yeah, years because of this. But um it is a pretty big deal. So let's let's make let's make it a good one, a good Olympics preview. But um as Josephina was saying, despite, you know, a bunch of players choosing not to play, a bunch of people out of it, um a lot of people have been sort of not really following tennis as closely since Wimbledon, but I hope that people can get excited about the Olympics. Um, but what makes it special, sort of, if we're talking about relative to other big tennis tournaments, is that there are no ranking points at stake and there's also no prize money. So, you know, players are really... It's just the honor, honestly. Yeah, like anything, everything that's motivating them is you know, playing for their country, making history. So I think that's a totally different sort of, um, that's what makes, sets it apart from like a Grand Slam or Tour Final or a Masters 1000 event. So I think that's what's really interesting here. And um, will play into how uh, I think we see players perform and step up to their game. But as we were saying, there's a lot of absences. We've sort of been talking about the absences as we've heard about them in our episodes. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about how Nadal and Dominic Thiem are not playing, Serena Williams not playing. Um, some of the most recent absences have actually been due to positive COVID test results, which is really unfortunate. So that includes Coco Golf, which is really sad, Alex Dimonor, uh, and also Daniel Evans. And I guess with Daniel Evans, the good thing is that Jamie Murray now gets to replace his spot on oh, Team so Great we have Britain. The brothers. Exactly. So that's a good thing. Um, and then we also have Berrettini and Federer pulling out due to injuries, which was also heartbreaking. But we are committed to making ourselves and you all excited for the Olympics because. Hey, it's another, we had a little bit, we didn't have much of a rest between French Open and Wimbledon with the surface change, but now let's, uh, I think we can sufficiently get excited for this. So excited. <laughs> um, one thing, we will start off with first doing our ATP preview, because we like to save best for last, so we're going to mm-hmm. do WT exactly. at the end. Um, one rule change is that the men's final will not be best of five sets. It'll be best of three sets. Um, so that's just one thing to note. But other than that, Josephina, why don't you tell us a little bit about who are the uh, top seeds 
Well, it's going to be kind of funny once we get to yeah. the <laughs> second half of the top seeds. The crew. But um, we have a few we have a few guys here. Yeah. So, uh number 1, this guy Novak Djokovic. Um yeah. So, <laughs> he's kind of chasing history because he has won the Australian Open and French Open and Wimbledon. So, I just realized there's been wait 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 wait, wait wait you wait <laughs> I like I process no, no, no. that until just yeah. now when I said it out loud yeah no me neither like I knew he'd won all three but when you said it like that yeah. I was just like uh-uh. oh my god <laughs> why is the list why does the list keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah um since so many people pulled out of the olympics obviously there are going to be some tough competitors but this is novak Djokovic in 2021 we don't really know what's going on but anyways if he gets this and then later the u.s open he's going to make history and it seems so possible right now um unfortunately fortunately decide whatever you like um Remember when we said this is going to be an unbiased podcast? What? (laughs) (laughs) So, our second seed is Daniil Medvedev. Our third is Stefano Tsitsipas. Fourth, Alexander Zverev. Fifth, Andre Rublev. Sixth, Pablo Carreño. This is where where it gets a little funky. (laughs) Sixth, Pablo Carreño Busta. (laughs) That makes no sense to me but okay <laughs> seventh hubert hergatch eighth diego schwartzman <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> honestly diego i understand he's pcb been, and hergatch are yeah, really shocking those me. really um that's interesting but yeah get it i guess <laughs> <laughs> So, we're going to go quarter by quarter, and starting off with Djokovic's quarter, like, come on, like I was saying before, there's no real competition for him, and I just, I really don't know what to say in this situation, but his biggest threat would be Rublev, we said that for Wimbledon, that (laughs) didn't happen, (laughs) and even Rublev faces Nishikori in the first round, so he doesn't have it that easy either, and, yeah, there really isn't anyone who can take out Djokovic that we're sure of, or at least, at least like, 30% sure. <laughs> I mean, there's one guy. There's one guy who's taken two sets off him. And then lost the next three. Is it, um, is it Daniel Fritz? I mean, Taylor Fritz. It's very just... well. Wasn't it Musetti? Did Musetti at the French Open? I don't know if he won two sets or whatever, but I th- that match that um against Djokovic? everyone. Yeah. When was this? French Open. Oh, Musetti won the first two sets and then lost the second two and then retired right before losing. Wow, the French Open was like thirty years ago. That's how it feels right now. Yeah. So yeah. He has a potential round three against Musetti, as you were saying, and basically we're saying maybe he can channel that French Open energy. Well, if it's best of three, the job. No, no, no. If it's best of three sets, we already know he can take the first two sets. So. Ooh, I like the way so... you think. He would have won if it was the best out of three. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right. The next quarter we've got is Alexander Zverev's quarter. The biggest threats to him are a possible third round versus either Basilashvili or Sonego, which could be interesting. But um, it does still seem pretty set that Zverev's going to make the quarterfinals. But I would still keep an eye on Lorenzo Sonego because he's been having a pretty solid season. He's brought it out when he needs to. I mean, his run in Rome was pretty amazing. Um, and I have some sort of feeling that, like, you know, Italy winning the Euro Cup, Berrettini reaching the Wimbledon final, they've got <laughs> some sort of patriotic, you know, vibe running through them right now. I, I think that Sonego's t- the type of guy who could really bring it at this event. I forgot how far he made it, but I remember looking at the Wimbledon draws a bit later in the tournament, and I was like, uh, Son- this guy's still here? still here? <laughs> What's he still doing here? <laughs> so, I guess that was a pleasant surprise. And also, his song. I'm still listening to it. It's on my playlist. It comes on Me my too. playlist at least I once or twice a day. Yeah. It's really good. I don't understand I a word it. of it. I don't understand a word of what it says, but I don't care what anyone else says. It's a pretty vibey song. Agreed. So, the bottom half of this quarter, as in Alexander Zverev's quarter, is where it gets interesting. So, we have... Azan Karatsev versus Tommy Paul in the first round, and Hubert Hurkacz versus Martin Fukšević in the first round as well. So these are definitely some tough matches for both. But, I mean, especially for Hubert and Martin, they really did well at Wimbledon, so they'll be kind of defending that momentum. And, um, I mean, especially for Hubert, because he's been, like, dominating somehow um well justin i mean that's the question right well it is after miami after 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 miami he did so well won the whole thing and then nothing you know when and then wimbledon didn't play didn't play well at all until wimbledon had a run so i think it really depends on how her kind of bounces back from that wimbledon run because if so i think we could see a her cuts verif quarterfinal and i could see her cuts winning that quarterfinal yeah, and then we had Marton with the with the Rublev win. Yes. That really shocked everyone. Yes. So that puts him already all the way at the top. He's, you know, projected to win this whole thing <laughs> just by beating Rublev. I think that was probably his season goal after considering how many times they've played. Yeah. But, um, I mean, oh, yes, one other shout-out we wanted to give here is that Francisco Serendolo is in this section. Mm-hmm. And... uh we're, we're fans, to we're, say we're the fans of the brothers. Wink, wink. wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Next, we have Stefano Tsitsipas' quarter. And let's start at the top, because there we've got Diego Schwartzman. And we're probably looking at a Diego Kachanov third round, which would be very interesting. And Kachanov is another guy to keep a great, an eye on, because first of all, he had a great run at Wimbledon. Um, and second of all, Diego hasn't been looking too hot this season. So this could be a really big opportunity for Kachanov to make the quarterfinals at least because I was really impressed with how he played at Wimbledon. So um, I would say that I'm putting my money on him, make, like Karen Kachanov, making the quarterfinals out of that top of the, of the Sitsipas quarter. So then for the bottom half of this quarter, we have pretty stacked field. We have Ugo Umbert, Pablo Andujar, Francis Tiafo, and Stefano Tsitsipas all together. 
So this is definitely tougher stuff considering this is just the bottom half of a quarter. Exactly. So this is just a 16th of the This is how he has to start. Th- this exactly. This is how he has to start. Yeah. So he has his potential An eighth of the two. entire draw. Eighth. Yeah, half of a quarter is an eighth. Look, look, school's out. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> The point still stands. Those are just his first few tasks that he has to take care of. If anything, I exaggerated for effect, so we'll just pretend I did that. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a tough one for Stefanos, especially since he has a potential round two rematch versus Tiafo, who he lost to in the first round of Wimbledon. But then again, yeah, he, um, like he was coming back from that loss in the final at the French Open. Obviously, that was probably heartbreaking for him. And that really probably affected his performance at Wimbledon. But I'm really hoping, we are really hoping that he can bounce back from that whole little stretch so that he can just channel this new energy into this, like, completely new feel of a tournament. Like, this isn't a Grand Slam. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are the Olympics. It's a completely whole different vibe. It's not played for survival. It's played simply for honor. It's, like, the most human thing ever. Yeah, I think that, that Stitsipas is one of those guys who I think the Olympics mindset could really help him because I think mm-hmm. he really does take honor in representing his country. He's such a philosopher. <laughs> I think, um, you know, kind of the, the weird sort of change of pace between doing so well at the French Open and then such an early exit for him at Wimbledon. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that because... What always comes to mind for me is when he had that heartbreaking loss to Borna Chorich at the U.S. Open last year, where he, you know, lost match points and stuff, and then came back at the next slam at the French Open and reached the semis. So mm-hmm. that turnaround to me was what defined his success through that French Open, through reaching the Australian Open semis this year, through reaching the French Open final this year, the winning Monte Carlo just before that. Just I think that turnaround after the U.S. Open was so impressive from him. So I have faith that he can have a very similar turnaround here after this Wimbledon loss. Um, but other than that, honestly, you know, should Tsitsipas falter, given that he has, you know, a pretty difficult draw, I think that Karin Kostinov and Ugo Umbert, for example, could be some surprise semifinalists because, you know, after Tsitsipas, I think those are the two strongest guys here. But, um, I mean, overall, it's going to be one of those three guys, we think. But then, again, we say that now. And then this quarter could put a WTA and have Pablo Andujar uh, come out of it. So you never know. <laughs> so the second half of this half, so Daniel Medvedev's quarter, is another very stacked section. So we have Pablo Carreño boosted the sixth seed at, <laughs> at the Olympics, guys. The sixth seed. Come on. <laughs> Marin Chilich, Andy Murray. Felix Auger-Aliassime, Fabio Fognini, Bublik, and Medvedev. So we have Pablo Carreño Busta coming off a title run in Hamburg, and that switching surfaces would... It's interesting, but he still has that confidence boost. Like, it's still a win, no matter what, and he has that going into this, so that should give him something of an advantage. And he has a potential round two match versus Marin Cilic, and he has been playing well. Marin Cilic has been playing well. Recently, he had that title on grass before, right before Wimbledon, so 
he's been kind of channeling this energy and maybe he can bring it again here so then we also have a strong top half of this quarter and we honestly don't know who is going to come out of it again Pablo Carreño Busta Chilich Andy or Felix Ajar Aliasim maybe I um, hope so I mean he I, mean, I well well that would mean that Andy would lose in the first round but Felix was, was very impressive at Wimbledon yeah Oh, I just remembered Andy's and Felix's match. U.S. Open US match. Open last year. That was that let's was... let's not discuss that. No, but okay. But if we look at it from a different perspective, I was watching that, and I don't think I've ever seen Felix play that well. Mm. He was serving phenomenally. His winners, basically perfect. So maybe maybe if he channels that energy, if this match really like makes him remember how we played at the US Open last year, then then I'm okay with it. <laughs> and again, Andy is the only men's player, as he said himself, only men's player to win Olympic the Olympic gold medal twice in singles. And he's actually the defending champion because like he has... Like, technically. Well, there's no yeah, points, but if you think about it, he's a two-time defending champion. Yeah. Maybe three-time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would love for that. Um, but that is heartbreaking to have Murray versus Oje Olesim in the first round. That's just not nice. But whoever comes out of that match, I want to be getting to the quarterfinals at least. But um, let's talk about the the main guy here, Daniil Medvedev. Um, he's in the bottom half of this quarter, obviously, because he's the second seed, so at the very bottom of the draw. He has a pretty tough task with Bublik in the first round, but I honestly <laughs> think he can take care of that. Like, I really, like, I know Bublik is crafty and stuff, but I think Medvedev can outsmart him in that sense. Um, so I think after that match, he seems pretty poised to make the quarters, and I honestly do think he'll be able to take care of whoever comes out of the like Pablo Carreño Busta Felix section at the top of that quarter. So um, I'm pretty confident in Medvedev's chances of making the semifinals here. Okay, so now, now. The real stuff, the real mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a strange agreement, sound of agreement. Anyways, we have the WTA now. So we're going to start off with the top seeds again. We have Ashley Barty as the first seed. Naomi Osaka is the second seed. Yeah, take a moment. Be happy Yay. about it. Okay, we're moving on now. <laughs> then we have the third seed, Arena Sabalenka. Fourth seed, Alina Svitolina. Fifth seed, Karolina Pliskova. Sixth seed, Iga Sviatek. Sixth, seventh, seventh, Garbini Muguruza. <laughs> and eighth, Barbara Krejcikova. I'm not even going to lie when I said Garbini Muguruza, um, Dua Lipa's face popped into my head. Because I've been listening to her music all day. And they look kind of, alike. They look so alike. They do. I think, I think that Muguruza, Dua Lipa, and Isla Tomljanovic. I actually think Dua Lipa, I think if you mix Muguruza and Tomljanovic, you would get Dua Lipa. I stand by that wholeheartedly. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That may, that's so accurate. That's so good. So. Maybe you can throw a little bit of Bianca in there. Maybe that'll also no, help no, no. it. But throw you really... a little bit of me. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, again, quarter by quarter, starting with Ashley Barty's quarter. Well, her first round <laughs> match. We call it exciting, but the thing it's is that st- it's... 
it's interesting because the other player is like the opposite of that. <laughs> playing style wise, yeah. yeah, playing style wise, but you know she's queen. Ashley Barty versus Sarah Cerebus Tormo, definitely <laughs> interesting, definitely interesting. So not even does she have a difficult first round match, she has a pretty difficult quarter here. Just in general, she has a potential round three match versus the French Open finalist Pablo Chinkova, and then we'll have to face. Probably either Belinda Bencic, Jessica Pagula, <laughs> Jessica Pagula, or Barbara Krejcikova, who is coming off a title win in Prague. Oh yeah, and the French Open. <laughs> so in the quarterfinals, so definitely a pretty stacked quarter we have here. But still, party. It's the party party all the way, please. I have faith in Ash Barty. What I'm most interested in in this section is to see how Krejcikova will do if she will make it out into the quarterfinals because she has pretty difficult opponents lined up in this section. She has Benjit Pagula, Leila Fernandez, and Diana Yastremska's back. Um, but Krejcikova has been looking so good all season. I mean, she really hasn't stopped success since the French Open, which a lot of people thought she would. She did pre- play pretty well at Wimbledon, especially considering it was her first time in the main draw there. Um, for singles, and I would honestly love to see a Barty versus Krejcik of a quarterfinal because they're two of the top form players of the season, the two most recent Grand Slam champions on the women's side, and in my opinion, I think they are, you could put them in the mix for the top contenders for the gold medal because, I mean, they're up there in the top four or five best performing players of this entire season. And another one of those top best performing players of the entire season is Arena Sabalenka. So in Sabalenka's quarter, um, she has a pretty straightforward path until Elena Rybakina in the third round. But I would just say considering Sabalenka's form, I think she really had her first um, slam breakthrough at Wimbledon this year too. She got pretty far. Um into the semis, I believe. So I think that was really promising because Josephine and I always talk about when is Sabalenka going to have her slam breakthrough? When is she going to, mm-hmm. you know, make it past mm-hmm. and deeper into that second week? She finally did it. Um, so I think that we would probably, I think it's easy to say that Sabalenka is going to make it through to the quarterfinals at least. And then we have the bottom half of this quarter, which includes Petra Kvitova, which actually this is pretty cool. She's the flag bearer for the Czech Republic, so that's pretty neat of her. And then we have Kudirmitova and Garbine. So then we have our first round match, Muguruza versus Kudirmitova. And <laughs> I mean, Garbine really doesn't get a break with these draws. She Not really at doesn't. All. But, I mean, honestly, any of them could make it to the quarterfinals. But, I mean, Sabalenka definitely looks like the strongest player here. So, it seems that she could even make it to the semis. Forget about quarters. because At the very least, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, she really has been having the strongest season recently. And she has this amazing Grand Slam win. So, like, the big stages, that's where we were looking for her to perform. And she did that. And now we have another big stage. Let's see if she can back it up. Yeah, the Wimbledon semi run is definitely, I think, going to help her. Um, Then we move on to Svitolina's quarter. And this is, in my opinion, actually, I think this is like 
should be universal opinion, the most stacked section in both the men's and women's sides of the singles draw. Like, this is insane. So let's just look at some of the first round matches. We've got Pliskova versus Cornet. Carla Suarez Navarro versus Ange Tabor. Okay, I feel bad for Suarez Navarro. She's like getting the worst first round matches ever. But um, then we have Ostapenko versus Visnina. Camila Georgi versus Jennifer Brady. Maria Sakari versus Annette Contevay. And then Laura Sigmund versus Elena Sotolina. So this is the quarter to keep an eye on. Lots of competitive matches here for sure. I'm not necessarily saying that I think that the gold medalist is coming out of this quarter i personally don't think so but i think this is going to be the most entertaining quarter to keep an eye on because just like just look at these matches like look at these players like we're bound to have some entertainment so in the top half of this quarter we have our most competitive section overall like we were just saying and i mean the strongest players are probably Plishkova and Ons. I mean, we could see either of them making it to the semis all the way through the quarter. And we mm-hmm. have a potential Svitolina Sakari round three match. That would be very exciting since they're both very amazing players right now. And Svitolina, oh my god, Svitolina and Gael. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. But Oh yeah. Their wedding was, I love were so, so good. I I love like the purple thing they had going on. It wasn't tacky. Mm-hmm. Alina's dress was killer. I really liked it, um, especially the top. That was beautiful. Their cake was nice. Her nails also looked really good. I don't know. Just everything about it, it was fantastic. So happy, like yeah, it really just made me so happy. Also, I went on Flash Score, like the the score app. And if you go search her name, it says Alina Monfils now, and I got so confused. <laughs> and she's changed she's changed it on her social media too. I don't know if she prefers to go by that now or Wait, keep so Sudalina. Then have to say potential Monfi Sakari round three. <laughs> I guess so. so. Weird. I guess so. Oh my god, maybe soon we'll say potential uh Barty Bertine. No, Barty Bertini <laughs> round three. <laughs> Uh, oh if, my gosh, if Isla and Mateo get married, oh I would God. celebrate that like the royal wedding. As you should. As it's you like should. tennis royal wedding. Honestly. Oh my God, Felix can be one of his groomsmen. As well as one or of like her bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he should be the ring bearer. That's so cute. He's literally their child, so yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It It makes sense. It makes sense. All right. I mean, back to this quarter, though. Like, I I don't know who is it. I am not going to bother to predict because it's so competitive. But last but certainly not least, we have Naomi Osaka's quarter. Naomi is back. We could not be happier. We watched um, her documentary uh, a couple nights ago, or like just recently, kind of in time for the Olympics. I think it was amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check out at least an episode or two because, you know, it it starts, um, it starts kind of with her. Well, not really with her two thousand eighteen U.S. Open win, but like that's like how the documentary starts, and then it. Um, begins at the 2019 U.S. Open, I believe. Yes. Yes, 2019 U.S. Open, and kind of takes her journey there. Um, I learned a lot. It was very cool, I guess, I think, in my opinion, seeing, like, the, 
like behind the scenes stuff of like yeah. her training, like her how t- how, yeah how close knit her team is. You mm-hmm. know, spending all that time, kind of her giving the backstory on how she grew up playing, her parents' story, and then obviously the last episode touched the most on this, and I think that's why it was my favorite. But kind of talking about how she found a voice, um, in terms of being an activist. And, you know, with role models like Kobe Bryant yeah. and Colin Kaepernick, I thought that was, I, I just thought it was a really inspiring documentary to watch. And it, I think it, it it's, it's, it, I, I haven't ever seen anything like it. And the way that she's become such a phenomenon. Yeah, um, such an icon. Like, it's cra- it kind of, it's it crazy. really tunes into how, like, she was growing as a tennis player, obviously. But then as she, like, started getting all this attention, she needed to start growing yeah. as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was so candid. Yeah. She was so candid in the whole thing, which is, I think, what I love the most about her. Um, And you could tell, like, like, we've been hearing, she's been a lot more open about sort of, like, the mental health aspects of things, obviously, in the past few months. Like, Mm -hmm. she took a few uh, months off from tennis, obviously, but you could see that, like, that was something that was kind of coming up throughout the past few years for her. And, like... And she's sort of been figuring out how to deal with that, because... I think something that she deals with that, like, not many other top players deal with is, like, how much of an, not only an icon she's become, but how much more scrutiny is put on her. Yeah. Or, like, how she's literally in a mag- under a magnifying glass because of so many different sort of social aspects. Um, so I thought that was it, was, it was very important to see how that was kind of coming to surface, not just recently, but over the past few years. Yes. So All right. Yeah. Aside from her documentary, looking at Naomi's draw, she actually does have a pretty good draw and I think and we think that she seems poised to make the quarterfinals at least. But Josephina, tell us about the top half of the quarter first. Yeah, so I think we think Iga Sviatek is definitely the strongest player here. I mean, even though we have good names like Paula Badosa, Podoroska, Alexandrova in here, I mean, considering how solid Iga and Elise Mertens are and have been, it looks like it's going to be a Sviatek Mertens round three. So, that's definitely an exciting match, though. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And I hope she, Iga does well, because I love her. I think she deserves it. Um, and then Naomi really doesn't have many threats in her section until the quarter versus Mertens or Sviatek, but Still, uh, I mean, we haven't really... She has been on break for a while. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how she plays. Yeah, it was always her intention to come back for the Olympics. So I'm kinda, I am kind was kind of thinking about this earlier, but, like, who knows if she's, like, ready to come back or if she's, like, knows she has to come back. So it's coming... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope she's ready to come back because... it's happening in Japan. Like, I feel like yeah. she has the obligation yeah. to play. If there's one thing I learned from that documentary, and I'm sure Josephina, you agree with me on this, like, I think people don't realize this because she's so shy and quiet and stuff, but the way that her coach was talking about her, the way that she reacted after losing in the third round at the Australian Open when she was defending her title or even at the U.S. Open, she comes to tournaments to win them. Like, she's hard on herself and she's there to win. And I think that you can't, like, you don't think that because she's so, like, shy and stuff. But, like, she's a very fierce competitor and she's very tough with herself in a constructive way or learning to be in a constructive way. So that's why I think that 
considering the occasion, she's not here to be like, oh, this is like me getting back into it. I think she has her eyes set on that gold medal, mm-hmm. winning it in her home country. I mean, it talked about in the documentary how she was working on her paperwork to, you know, with something about her citizenship to make sure that she could play for Japan in the Tokyo Olympics. So I think considering that, like, the occasion, also considering that it's hardcore, she loves those, um, I think it's safe to say, or if we can have confidence, that Naomi can make the semifinals here. Um, but again, it will still be interesting to see how she's going to do after this mental health break. Um, but again, I think that she's come here to take that medal and nothing less. Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released as the Olympics progress. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.